the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 32 of Say What? Where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including questions about the constitutionality of the public school system itself. That's right, George. Uh, Today we're going to talk about an article published in the Wall Street Journal um, recently by an eminent constitutional scholar who is challenging the constitutionality of the entire public school edifice. In fact, this man is a uh, graduate of Princeton and Yale Law School. His name is Philip Hamburger, and he's the law professor at Columbia and uh, president of the New Civil Liberties Alliance, which studies threats to the legal protections uh, to our freedoms. Now, this is interesting because he's a professor at Columbia Columbia. Columbia is infamous for some other reasons. Uh, Columbia has the famous Teachers College that was the first to bring the Frankfurt School people over from Germany, uh, which led the effort for progressive education. So the fact that this gentleman comes from Columbia is quite something. But he he wrote an article um, uh, on the weekend edition of the Wall Street Journal uh, that we're gonna we're gonna sort of unpack today. And the title of the article is "Is the Public School System Itself Constitutional?" Say what? <laughs> I mean, talk about like thinking out of the box. I've never asked myself this question. Uh, most people haven't. Uh, I mean, you know, some people sort of on the sidelines have brought it up, but never somebody of this quite this eminence uh, to, to write a, f- a full-bodied article in a publication like the Wall Street Journal. But let's just give our, our viewers a little bit of a background and, and context for this. I mm-hmm. mean, we've been talking about the triple threat to our kids in the education system. Uh, comprehensive sexuality education, critical uh, race theory, uh, the rewriting of our history books, historical revisionism. That's been going on for decades. Now, it's become really popular in the news in the last year since the COVID virus struck, but it's been around for decades. Yeah. Other new items have uh, come to prominence as well. In fact, uh, there's a very important governor gubernatorial election going on in Virginia right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Terry McAuliffe, who's the t- Democratic nominee, famously sled, said, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. 
Say what? It's kind of the mindset, right, of, of many people on the left. And then, George, as we talked about last week, the National School Board uh, Association uh, wrote a letter uh, on the 28th of September to President Biden where they called parents essentially domestic terrorists. And the DOJ, uh, just a few days later, wrote a response letter mobilizing the entire federal government to watch parents as domestic terrorists for criminal activity. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, something very amazing happened just recently. The National School Board Association issued an unprecedented apology. This has never happened before. Yep. Why would they do that? Well, they did it because of the uproar and the outrage from parents across the country, not just parents, news organizations, saying that they, they, are, they are totally off base. But they only apologized to their state affiliate members, not that to parents. True. That is true. <laughs> yeah, but they knew that this thing would go public. And even though, even though you know, it was restricted, I mean, it's an amazing event. Now, the DOJ has not... Uh, issued a retraction, mm-hmm. and I, we're not expecting anything in the in the in the near term. But it but it is incredible, and we have falling enrollment as a result of this too. California's public school enrollment has dropped 160 thousand students in the 2020-21 academic Woo-hoo! school year. So that that is really amazing, and other things have happened too. To uh, talk about the corruption in the public school system in Loudoun County. Parents demanded resignations from the Loudoun County School Board and specifically Superintendent Scott Ziegler at a school board meeting last Tuesday, citing an email that surfaced recently. In the email, Supervisor Ziegler had alerted the board to a report of an alleged sexual assault in a girl's bathroom on May the 28th, a month before he publicly declared that he had no record of bathroom assaults. Oh, my. Which happened famously in Loudoun County after he sent this email. So the man was clearly being deceitful, and Mm -hmm. parents have caught on to this. All to say, George, that there's been a lot of terrible things going on in the public school system for a very long time. Well, uh, Professor Hamburger uh, starts his article in the journal by saying this. The public school system weighs on parents. It burdens them not simply with poor teaching and discipline, but with political bias, hostility toward religion, and now even sexual and racial indoctrination. Schools often work openly to shape the very identity of children. And then he asks the question, what can parents do about it? I'm starting to like this guy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so he gets, and then he starts in in the article, and he sa- he takes sort of an Elon Musk approach. Elon Musk, uh, of course, is the CEO of te- Tesla and SpaceX, but Elon Musk is famous for analyzing very difficult problems by uh, getting them down to their basic physics. Uh, applying the rudimentary aspects of a problem, and then he solves it from there. Well, Professor Hamburger has done kind of the same thing. What is education? That's a central question he asked. So Hamburger's essential argument is that education, when you when you really boil it down, is essentially speech, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's an authority figure talking to somebody else trying to get them to believe the things that they are speaking about. And parents 
have a constitutional right to choose the speech with which their children will be educated. And if this is true, they cannot be compelled to make their children be a captive audience for government indoctrination, which is government speech. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if we go back in history a little bit, um, it's good to, to uh, remember what it was the purpose, the original purpose of public education. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We've talked about this before. People like Horace Mann and progressive educators John Dewey that, that came out of Columbia. It, the, the, the purpose of public education was to homogenize the, the, the body politic. Mm-hmm. starting with children, to iron out their ideological differences and to come up with sort of a common man, whatever the government decides that common man should look, at, should look like. Well, well into the 20th century, political support for publication was animated by this desire to sort of homogenize uh, what children were learning. And early in American education, we had a lot of Catholics in the country, and the powers that be happened to be Protestants. And they were concerned about children getting Catholic education, so they wanted to Protestantize them. And there's this famous case, George, it goes back to 1925. It's called Pierce versus Society of Sisters. And this was a response by the Supreme Court against compulsory public education, which said that parents can educate their children outside state schools in accord with their own moral and religious values. Mm. Here's the important thing. The court grounded their decision on the First Amendment, also on the the free exercise clause, which means, you know, parents can uh, have a right to exercise their religion, but more fundamentally on the free speech clause. In fact, they said the fundamental theory of liberty upon which all governments of this union rest excludes any general power of the state to standardize its children by forcing them to accept instruction from public teachers only. So what, what's interesting to me, Mark, is that, I mean, no, nobody's forcing you to go to public schools. So I'm very curious, because I haven't read this article, to see what that core argument will be for the constitutionality or unconstitutionality. Well— Yes, let's get into that. Now, there was also a 14th Amendment, um, and this is the uh, the Due Process Clause, which said that the—and this was a case out of Oregon— that said that the Oregon Compulsory Education Act, which, with certain exemptions, requires every parent, guardian, or other person having control of a child to send him to a public school, is an unreasonable interference with the liberty of the parents and guardians to direct the upbringing of the children— and in that respect violates the 14th Amendment. So we have 14th Amendment violations and First Amendment violations. Now, how does this apply to parents today? Because Mm -hmm. parents do have choices, right? If you've got the financial wherewithal, you don't have to send them to a public school. You can homeschool them, or you can send them to a private education. But because public education is free, Parents are practically compelled to cave to government educational speech 
to get subsidized education for their kids, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So unless you want to pay out of your own pocket, in addition to the taxpayer money you're already spending for public schools, and you're forced to do that, you don't have any choice. Uh, if you're a taxpayer in a, in a particular state, your money is going toward the general fund, part of which funds our public education system. <clears throat> so if you want to take advantage of the subsidization, you've got to send your, your child to a public school. So parents are effectively constrained to accept government education of their um, in place of their own in violation of the First Amendment. That is what Professor Hamburger is arguing. The question is, can financial pressure to deny freedom of speech, is that unconstitutional? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the interesting thing, George. It has been ruled unconstitutional in several different uh, cases. Uh, one case, Goldberg versus Kelly, goes back to 1970. Trinity Lutheran versus Comer, or that's a recent case in 2017. Uh, FCC versus League of, of Women Voters. These were all cases where the government was using financial pressure either to give rights or deny rights to people. And the court in every instance says, no, you, you cannot do that because that's a violation of free speech. Sandra Day O'Connor uh, concurring in a case called Wallace v. Jaffrey, uh, this, where the Supreme Court struck down as a violation of the establishment cause the one-minute period of silence in Alabama, mm. wrote, when government-sponsored religious exercises are directed at impressionable children who are required to attend school, Government endorsement is much more likely to result in coerced religious beliefs. Now, here's what Professor Hamburger argues. The danger of coerced belief is not confined to official religious speech. Subjecting children to official political, racial, sexual, and anti-religious speech can be equally coercive. Wow. And when children <clears throat> essentially are forced because they cannot afford to send their children to a private school and they both have to work and so they don't, they don't have the resources to homeschool their children, yeah. they are financially being forced into the situation where they are now subject to government con- control of their political, racial, sexual, and anti-religious speech, which is coercive. Wow. I mean, I completely agree, um, and, I, and I guess probably towards the end of this, one of the questions that I'll have for you, Mark, is who would plaintiffs be in this kind of a case, and who would they sue? <laughs> well, in fact, <laughs> Professor Hamburger talks about that a little bit, but uh, th- this goes to the nature of rights themselves. What are rights? Mm-hmm. Well, James Madison, uh, one of the founders of the Constitution and uh, one of our presidents, says rights are essentially exceptions to power. Rights defeat power, but contemporary judicial doctrine has allowed power to defeat rights when the government is behind it, like Mm. public education. And that's what Horace Mann believed in. In fact, Horace Mann uh, wrote that those uh, politics, if we, without public education, American politics would bend toward, quote, those whom ignorance and imbecility have prepared to become slaves. So he wanted to make sure that all education was public and the children would be forced into it. Hmm. 
So for Mann and Dewey, the goal of public education was to shape future voters, to liberate children from their parents' benighted religious views and political views. But there's no lawful government interest in that. Government cannot impose that requirement on children. Hamburger goes on to write, the idea of a common civic virtue among children is appealing when it develops voluntarily, but not when state-approved identities and messages are stamped upon their minds. Far from being a compelling government interest, the project of pressing children into a majority or government mold is a path toward tyranny. It's quite a a statement. And I think that's a brilliant statement because that's exactly what we're seeing happen. And when you look back in Romania, you look back at other uh, governments and countries that resulted in in tyranny, they've always started with the public school system. That's right. And when when children were educated the greatest in American history, it was all voluntary, George. I mean, all of our major uh, uh, universities, including Princeton, Harvard, Yale, they all started off as private, essentially religious seminaries. Mm -hmm. All public school was voluntary. I mean, parents were meeting in the one-room schoolhouse. It went on from there. But they had an interest to educate their children uh, expertly and in sort of the classical tradition. And the literacy rates prior to 1840, when public education really started to take off, was about 95%. And for me, Mark, the other thing that is like, go back even to the 1700s, the generation of thought leaders and scholars that were able to, through wisdom, draft the Constitution— I mean, come on, no public school system. And yet the the people that came out of those generations were absolutely brilliant. I think it just defeats that whole argument that we need a public education system. All you have to do is read the Federalist Papers. So when the Constitution was being crafted in Independence Hall in Pennsylvania, um, there was a series of articles that were written, 86 articles to be specific, to what was then the New York Times, Mm -hmm. a uh, a publication in New York trying to convince a wary republic of the benefits of having a United States Constitution, because then they were under the Articles of Confederation, and Mm -hmm. they were wary of this powerful federal government. So the founders, uh, men like uh, uh, Madison himself, John Jay, Alexander Hamilton, they wrote these series, series of articles. George, you read these, and you cannot help but be blown away by the erudition the knowledge, mm-hmm. the wisdom of these people, yeah. who all were education, not publicly, under a voluntary education system. Yeah. So um, Hamburger writes, the public school system, therefore, is unconstitutional because it violates free speech, at least as applied to parents who are pressured to abandon their own educational speech choices and instead adopt the government's form of speech. What should parents do? Well, this is what he says. Parents should begin by asking judges to recognize, at least in declaratory judgments, that the current system is profoundly unconstitutional. Once that is clear, states will be obliged to figure out solutions. Judges will be reluctant to vindicate the uncomfortable truth that education is mostly speech. Many have uncritically 
assimilated this nativist ideal that public education is a central and compelling government interest. As in 1925, however, the threat to speech has become unbearable. So, so Mark, for a layperson like me who's not a lawyer, can you unpack these steps here? Parents should begin by asking judges to recognize, at least in declaratory, declaratory judgments. What what does this mean? Okay, so a declaratory judgment is essentially a statement uh, by a judge. It's a decision by a judge to a question that's being imposed by the court. So let's say you, you have a plaintiff who doesn't like comprehensive sexuality education in the public schools, and the, the parent uh, sues uh, the public school system as a violation of free speech. And so they're essentially asking the judge, judge, we want you to weigh on this question. Is this in fact the government public schools imposing upon my children this this ideology, this belief, whether it's critical race theory, Mm -hmm. writing of our history books, uh, gender and sex identity theory, is this a violation of my free speech? And this happens all the time in court systems, George. You're asking the judge to weigh on this particular legal point. That's what, uh, okay. that's what uh, uh, Professor Hamburger is advocating. And so uh, legal cases have to be mounted, and they're being mounted all the time across the country. But this is one of the questions that should be asked of a judge to, do, to, to make a declaratory judgment. And they will have to decide, yes, this is a violation of free speech, or it's not. But essentially, these arguments are going to get to the appellant courts, and eventually it will get to the Supreme Court. But, George, the momentum now is in our favor. Never has there been a more opportune time. While parents are completely upset about what's going on in the public school system, while the the public's mind is focused on what's happening in the public school system, uh, when you have situations like the National School Board situation, mm-hmm. the Department of Justice further taking coercive acts to children in the public school system, this, these kinds of cases are ripe for action. And there are other precedents besides uh, the Pierce versus Society of Sisters. We talked about the Janus case mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. That also was, and this is the case that said that teachers cannot be forced to pay union dues for political ideologies that they they do not support. Yeah. That case was also argued based on the first amendment. Yeah, free speech. In fact, I'll I'll make a quote out of that that case. The first amendment is violated when money is taken from non-consenting employees for a public sec- sector union. Employees must choose to support the union before anything is taken from them. Accordingly, neither an agency fee nor any other form of payment to a public sector union may be deducted from an employee, nor may any other attempt be made to collect such a payment unless the employee affirmatively consents to pay. Children are not consenting to these ideologies being taught to them in the public schools, and parents certainly are not. Should parents be required to pay for public schools? They practically have no choice to attend. Professor Hamburger says no. No. And also, George, there's the famous case, which we talk about a lot uh, yeah. in our broadcast, West Virginia State Board of Education versus Barnett. That's, that was a landmark decision uh, by the United States Supreme Court holding that the free speech clause of the First Amendment pro- protects students from being forced 
to salute an American flag or to say the Pledge of Allegiance in a public schools. The court's 6-3 decision delivered by Justice Robert H. Jackson is remembered for its forceful defense of free speech and constitutional rights generally as being placed above the reach of majorities and officials, including public school officials. And I almost think, Mark, that the only way around this argument to basically say that no government isn't compelling anymore is by us having a realistic option, which would probably be only school choice, is if you could take your money, your union dues, we're almost like we're parents who are forced to be part of this government union that's funding the public education system. That's right. Right? Yeah. Wow. Uh, it goes back to the voucher system. We yeah. should be able to take the money that we're paying in taxes and apply them where we want, where we want. them applied. In fact, there's an initiative, uh, uh, a ballot um, uh, in California that, that's making its way. Hopefully, we're going to see good results there. But we, we shouldn't wait for that, George. Parents need to take action now. And increasingly, uh, the legal minds of this country um, are uh, – behind parents who want to take action and assert their constitutional rights. Parents, get involved, get informed. Uh, Go to our website, www.protectourkidsnow.org to learn more about what you can do to stand up for kids. Take care. You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.